Have you seen the little piggies crawling in the dirt? And for all the little piggies, life is getting worse. <laughs> Always having dirt to play around. Okay, <laughs> welcome to Hounds Tooth Heroes, brought to you by Druid City Brewing Company and the comic stylings of Tuscaloosa's own and friend of the pod, Adam Condra. Adam's new comedy record, Back When He Had Hair, is available wherever you get your listening things. You can find us on the website at houndstoothheroes.com or on Twitter at H2Heroes. I'm not sure if we're on the Facebook anymore because we haven't quite figured out how to develop a pyramid marketing scheme. But if you have any ideas, holler. Uh, my name is Greg, and his name is Ellis, and we are coming to you live from Nashville, Tennessee, and Santa Fe, New Mexico. Uh, tell me, buddy, what you drinking? Gregory, good to be here tonight. I am back again to extol the virtues of the wonderful mouthfeel of a homestyle IPA from Nashville's own Bearded Iris Brewing. My mouth just can't get enough of the feel. Really? It feels nice. so nice in the mouth. Oh, a, a nice feel in the mouth. Ugh. Huh. Yes. Yeah. Any, anyway, yourself. Well, here's what's going on. Um, because I'm fat, I've gained, I think, 40 pounds since I moved to New Mexico. Um, I'm back on the keto uh, and heavy lifting regimen, which means you cannot have, obviously, carbs. Uh, fortunately, bourbon does not have carbs. Uh, it's got a lot of other things that probably aren't good for you and don't really help the diet regimen. But nevertheless, that's where I am. I'm on the, I'm on the bourbon and water and enjoying the hell of it. it, it it's bullet, in fact. Uh, okay, so um, the, I guess, yeah, go ahead. I, I've heard bad things about this keto. Tell me, tell me what a keto entails. A keto is, it's just, it's all protein and fat and no carbs. So there's no bread. There's no, there's no really anything you'd ever want. There, I mean, I like, I, I, I enjoy fruit a lot. I drink a lot of fruit juice. I'm a fruit guy. There's no fruit. You get to eat the hell out of some meat, which I don't really eat. So I'm eating chicken and shrimp until I've actually feel like I'm becoming a chicken or a shrimp. Um, but you can have a steak if that's your if that's your bag. It's just not mine. Uh, but so yeah, that's sort of where I am. It's just a whole lot of protein, uh, chicken wings, Caesar salads. That's my get. That's my bag these days. Uh, a lot of chicken. I too, I too am a fruit guy, and mm -hmm. I have to say that sounds terrible. For, I thought I a keto was a thing. I thought a keto was maybe those weights that are the balls with the handles. No, that is. Does a anyone call that a? That is in fact a kettlebell kettle because I have one and it's staring across the room at me right now because I should be using it tonight, but obviously I won't be. It seems like you pair the you pair the kettlebell with the keto, I guess. Yeah, and then and then you're just then then you're amazing. Anyway, all right. Well, I guess it's time to get this party started, as it were. Burr, 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 burr. Uh, all right. Okay. Uh, did you have a party hat on? Because I do. <laughs> I, I, okay, I have sounds... a party. Anyway. Okay, never mind. Uh, all right. So, <laughs> Louisiana Lafayette came to town, and, well, it went about exactly how you would expect. It did indeed go exactly how your boy here expected, because the tide covered the spread by halftime when they led 49 nothing. ultimately took down the Cajuns, who were less raging than the name might lead you to believe, uh, by a final score of 56-14. Crimson Tide ran up big numbers as a team and for a lot of individuals. Uh, leading the pack was my boy, the, the sweet Hawaiian prince, the 
the king's Hawaiian sweet roll himself, <laughs> walking sweet roll himself, to a tongue of Iloa, who put up big numbers, actually perfect numbers, uh, pitching 8 of 8, 128 yards on the day. And then the program's uh, really cornerstone, Jalen Hurts. He's just such a fine young man. <laughs> He's just, I don't know where we'd be without him. And and he came in and, you know, after doing all the wonderful things he does in the locker room, day in, day out, in the classroom, and then off the field, he came onto the field and went, and a fairly impressive, four of six for 118 yards. And then to top all of that, maybe most impressively, was the Mac attack, third string quarterback, Mac Jones, who played for much of the third and fourth quarters. He batted an even 500, but... That did include a gorgeous 94-yard touchdown pass to one Jalen Waddle, who had a hell of a day. Will you sing it? Waddle, baby, Waddle, baby, Waddle, mm. baby, Waddle. Mm. Uh, His kickoff way, return. Uh, yeah, there's that, but I do, need, I do need to point something out to you. You realize covering at the half doesn't count, right? It's, it's Not that I'm bitter, but they didn't cover. Listen, the listener, Fred, <laughs> hey, Fred. Tunes, tunes in here. For the great gambling advice that we dole week in and week out. And here is the tip, ladies and gentlemen, or gentlemen, gentlemen, take the first half points. That's the move, right? That Not is the, the move. Take that, the spread, yeah. Yeah, we uh, take the half, first half cover, and then go on from there. It's probably going to have to be the play going forward, because otherwise Fred's going to lose that fantastic house in Phil Fulmer's neighborhood. <laughs> All right, that was that was. It was insulting. I'm not going to stand for it. But yes, I mean, we didn't, we scored, we kicked a field goal, I think, in the opening drive. Am I right on that? Fact, fact checkers, I'm looking around the room. Willow's staring at me. Uh, okay. I think we kicked a field goal in the opening drive, and it was the first opening drive of the season in which we haven't scored a touchdown. Uh, not going to stand for it. Totally unacceptable. Uh, okay. But I guess, well, no, shoot, we finished with 49 points in the first half, so we didn't kick a field goal. Right. At no. some point, a touchdown was not scored. So that mouthfeel is just, just tearing you up, isn't it? it bruh. Uh, <laughs> all right, Metsy. Um, as we said last week, getting it back to that game, if there ever was an opportunity to tune up the running game, this was it. As we mentioned, Laffey has one of the worst rush defenses in all of these United States. And the Tide sort of responded. Um, Najee <laughs> Harris had 11 carries for 73 yards. To lead the team, Brian Robinson. Who the hell's Brian Robinson? Well, I know who he is, but still, he's not one of the big three. Had 12 carries, most carries of any back on the day for 65 yards. Uh, nobody else was really noteworthy. Uh, you know, I, I, like I said, it's we in a game where we could have flexed our rushing muscles. We only had 268 yards on the day compared to 340 in the air. Uh, Saban addressed that today in his uh, press conference as well. Actually, well, we'll talk about. The, the rushing D problem later because he did address that as well. But with those numbers, uh, any cause for concern? I'm tempted to be concerned. But at the same time, I mean, you talked about flexing muscles, and I'm just not sure, as an offense at least, as an offensive unit, there has been any flexing needed or done whatsoever. Uh, Josh Jacobs had a fine showing. He got... I want to say two touchdowns, at least one touchdown here on the stat sheet that I keep handy right, for every right, podcast. Right. It's this. right. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm not, I'm not going to get concerned. I'm not going to go on the Mike Leach rant about a balanced offense is 50% stupid or, or what have you. 
Right. Uh, but no, I I would like to be concerned, but frankly, all my concern right now is devoted to a, a favorite of ours and great and dear friend of the podcast, and that's one uh, kicker by the name of Bolivus, Gregory. Oh, uh, the watch. I don't what know his first the... name. Do you know his first name? Oh, God, no. I only know him as <laughs> Andrew? the watch. Andrew? Maybe? I don't know. I don't really care. Uh, what about him? What's your concern? I, I'm well, there were... It's we're we're missing makeable field goals. These were late in the game. They didn't matter, although they probably mattered if you had the point spread. I don't know. I haven't done the math right. and, and, and won't keep us here for the next 20 minutes while I do. But uh, we we're missing makeable field goals. At some point this season, we are going to need makeable field goals. I think I'm not confident in that statement, but I've heard it said and I it sounds smart <laughs> that we will need to make field goals. And the fact that we are not here in week five, concern, Gregory. Mm, fair enough. Another matter of concern, the run defense. Uh, honestly, which is surprising, Laffey's Trey Oregas was the only 100-yard rusher in the game. That, that counts our, our people, too. He had 111 Oof. yards on 16 carries and a touchdown. I'm not <clears throat> incredibly concerned because he is the first running back to hit the century mark against the Tide this year. But still, uh, it might be something to keep your eye on, heroes. Uh, and Saban did address that this afternoon in his press conference. He said, look, the ones are doing fine against the run. The twos sort of need some work. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's uh, that's that, and that's that game. Uh, but speaking of things to keep your eyes on, have you seen any rat poison this week, Mr. Metz? Yeah, well, the thing about rat poison is you usually smell it before you ever see it, Gregory. Uh, that's Write a lot that of down. things that go that way. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Uh-huh. Got it. All of them dangerous. And right. this week's rat poison, no different. Actually, heard this week's rat poison because I'm gonna give it the uh, the producer of the rat poison award directly to the goat himself, <laughs> CNS Coach Nick Saban. Okay. Uh, you mentioned the press conference. It was a doozy. As, as as they've been spicy lately. Yeah, they were. Yeah, he, he's been sporty. He he dropped a couple of. S bombs or BS bombs, if you will, in his uh, coaches show last Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, he insulted Greg McElroy, which always does my which heart. Which was hilarious. Very well. Uh, and then, anyway, yeah, in today's press conference, heaped the rat poison on the University of Alabama student section. Uh, said it was the first time since he's been here that he's seen the student section half empty, uh, that he believes it needs to be a first come, first served system and uh, that the the work that the players are putting in is not nearly reflected by the spirit of the student section. One point, which I appreciated, is he said there's nobody even cheering for the tradition pregame videos, which as an alum who often lost my voice screaming at the pregame videos, offensive, mm-hmm. offensive for this, this current uh, student body. What are your takes there, Gregory? Okay, on this... <clears throat> Generally, I'm with him, uh, and I'll get to that in a second. On this game, however, it's different. Here's why. Uh, this was a trash opponent at 11 o'clock in the morning at 90, 95 degrees. Now, the students have the option uh, to turn their tickets back in and be put in, the, put in the general marketplace to be sold. And the vast majority of those people who did not go, from what I understand, did return their tickets. So... It's not mm. as though a first-come, first-serve situation would have saved this situation. Nobody was going anyway. Uh, now, having said all that, 
Um, I tend to agree with him about uh, students, you know, leaving, whatnot. If the game is out of hand, okay, I get it. I, but I've seen students leave. You know, we're up, we're up 20 points. I mean, we're up 14 points. You know, I mean, that's ridiculous. And I've seen it happen time and time again. So I don't think a lot of that has to do with the current makeup of the university in that there's a lot of mm-hmm. emphasis on out-of-state students who don't really mm-hmm. understand football or don't really care about football, and that's fine. And somebody, and I might have been listener Nick Goulas, talked about, you know, the new plan for stadium renovation uh, is, is might deal with that in a way. Because for a lot of these kids who don't come from Alabama or, you know, necessarily, you know, football-centric states, it's a social event for them. So they're installing – sort of a student pavilion. So you can just go hang out and do your thing. Uh, and that's cool. I mean, when that ever happens, I think that, you know, that'll solve a lot of the problems. You can shrink the student section down. People actually want to watch the game. And if you want to go, you know, chat about whatever the hell else you want to chat about, go, up, you know, get your ticket in the pavilion and go do it that way. Uh, but, um, but with regard to, I, I think there's got to be a better way. <laughs> I, I mean, what are you even doing? Are you dying? Maybe it's possible. Okay, fair. Um, so the first come, first serve. I don't hate that idea. I was on the Twitter machine, not on the the Houndstooth account, on my personal account, talking about you know somebody's like, well, you're gonna have to camp out for a month to get a ticket to an Iron Bowl. Well, fine. Uh, if you want the ticket, sit your ass in a tent until you get it. Um, you know they do that in other places. Granted, like it's mostly basketball schools that do that, but I think Penn State may do it for football. Uh, they have that whole what what was Paternoville, but now it's not because mm. well, you know we, we, mm. we know why, uh, right? But but I mean I don't hate the idea. Um, uh, you it's know, a forced encampment. Yeah, exactly. I'm for that unless it's children. <laughs> okay, um, right? Yeah, obviously it's not forced. It's voluntary. If you want a ticket, you get one. You voluntary encampment. It's a voluntary camping. encampment. And really, Some people call I, that camping. It is, but you know that's not Episcopalians don't really camp. Um, but. Uh, it's not my thing, but nevertheless, if it was to get an Iron Bowl ticket, I might. Um, so I don't hate the idea. And uh, you can uh, sound off at Houndstooth, well, at Ooh. HD Heroes and give us your take on what's the solution, because what we're doing now is not working. If your solution is the status quo, you're a dumbass. That doesn't work. So what is your yeah. alternative idea? Let us know what you think. I'd, what? Yeah, go we'd, ahead. we'd love some creativity there. I... I will say the long snapper on the football team tweeted about how upset he was about the student section, which rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. Ain't, ain't a well, maybe a single person or a single uh, nuclear family there to watch the long snapper. Otherwise, and 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 I'm saying this obviously because friend of the program Brian Selman is off campus now. Were he still on the team? Why do you hate he, a long snapper? Well, Nothing no, wrong no, with a long I, snapper. That's valuable piece. Valuable piece of the pie. Were friend of the program Brian Selman still on the program? <laughs> I, I suspect every student seat would be full. But that said, I do think I do think, uh, and I tweeted on my personal account. By the way, I didn't know you had a personal Twitter account. I oh, don't. I made that up. that. No, oh. okay. Uh, I think I think block seating for the Greek section is over as of ten three eighteen. Today's press conference. Yeah, uh, it may it make is. it through the season. It has to, I suppose. Uh, right. But that that'll be a a bygone element of the football experience. And look, you know, I, I, I was I was and you were a part of the Greek system at the university, and but we didn't have this problem, frankly, because Mm-mm. we weren't we weren't very good and the stadium was small. But um, you know, nobody left. Uh, you sat there in your blazer and sweated your ass off for three hours. 
Um, and because nobody was going to let you leave. Uh, frankly, the, you know, the also actives true. and, you know, would have, would have none of it, even if they left, the pledges had to stay. Uh, so, you know, nobody left then. And so I hate to see, cause it was, that was a lot of fun. The, the you know, the Greek block system, I enjoyed it. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you do get what you deserve in life. And frankly, uh, they don't deserve it anymore. If you're, if you're not going to show up, you don't get to keep it. Sorry. Ooh, deep philosophical takes there. What is the next home game? Do you have that in front of you? I do not know. Pulling it up. Pull it up. Missouri on 10-13. That's I expect a full house. Uh, that's oh, homecoming, yeah. and it's it's homecoming. It's October, and it's an evening game. Uh, it's like 5 o'clock or something like that. 6 so o'clock, it, yep. It's 6 o'clock. So, you know, if if look, if you don't stay for that, you don't have an excuse. The weather is uh, going to – early October in Tuscaloosa is beautiful. It's an evening game, so you're, you know, you're not – Stumbling out of the bed trying to go to a football game. Uh, you've got all day to warm up. You know, so look, if if it happens again, yeah, whatever. Do do whatever yeah. you need to do, coach, because uh this system sucks. Mizzou is about to get BDS in rare form, and I feel sorry for them already. Well, I do, but also homecoming is always a dud because all the all the olds come into town and it's so it's so quiet. Ugh, but any good point. Anyway. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, okay, so it is now time for the Hero Participation por- por- portion of the program. Every week, we call for questions from you, our heroes. And boy, howdy, you did not disappoint this week. We can't even get to them all. So our apologies. Some of them are sort of generic, and we'll try to get to them next week. Uh, but remember, you can go to h 2 Heroes on Twitter and hashtag your question, Ask a Hero, and we'll do our best with it. Here we go. Rapid Fire Q&A. Give me your best, Matt. number one. Listener Ascot Friday on Twitter wants to know who is the Arkansas coach, and did you have to look it up first? Question number two: Is it possible to think about Tua too much? Gregory, as long as your pants are on, it is impossible. Fair. Uh, number three, listener Cherokee in Houston wants to know. And we're talking about this with the blowouts. Do we get bored? Uh, listener Cherokee, with winning? Do you get bored with, with delicious mouthfeel and pizza? I think not. Now, please kindly return to decorating your Tua tree. Fair enough. And finally, the finest question ever posed in Ask a Hero. Coming to you from front of the program, uh, occasional guest, listener Charlie in Birmingham. Here's his question. If you... And Houndstooth Heroes permanent sweetheart, Helen Mirren, were on a dinner date. And Tua came to the table with a ukulele. What song do you request? Oh, that's easy. Party in the USA. Okay, that's it for Ask a Hero this week. Like we said, give us your questions with hashtag Ask a Hero. We can't get to them all, but if they involve a ukulele, it's making the cut. Speaking of cut. Okay, not not speaking of cut at all. Mm -hmm. My segue Mm -hmm. magic is gone. Either way, the Tide travels to Fayette Thrill this Saturday, and it's on a morning game for another 11 o'clock brunch with the Tide kick. But as we pointed out last week, you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. Don't let us down, heroes. So, Mets, what can you tell us about these hogs? Oh, Gregory, these struggling, squealing little piggies from Fayette Thrill are looking to bounce back from a 1-4 and four start with what would be a huge win against your Crimson Tide. They have now dropped four in a row, uh, most recently a 24-17 loss, a close one, to the Texas A&M Jim Baggies in their last outing. 
You, you uh, love saying they, that. I have no idea what that means. I like it. I don't know either. It's it's a Jimbo <laughs> Aggies combo, but there's also oh. like a gym bag. Oh, it suddenly makes reference. sense. Okay, oh, you didn't okay, pick up on that. All right, all right, go with it. No, of course not. I don't pick up on things. Okay. Ty Story, QB1 for Arkansas, has thrown 631 yards, four touchdowns, also four interceptions, and a 50.6. So we'll give him 51% uh, passing completion percentage. Uh, their receiving guy is one LaMichael Petway. Love a LaMichael. He oh, leads yeah. the Razorbacks core with 12 catches. 183 yards, three touchdowns, uh, actually a pretty big weapon there. Their next closest guy is a Jordan Jones. Also fine. You don't see any Jaces here. Arkansas no. seems like a tailor-made team for a Jace. And look mm-hmm. at them. They've got a LaMichael and a Jordan. Oh, LaMichael, Jordan. All right. Oh, uh, I see what you did also, there. I see it. I, I see it, man. Came, I did not expect that. They're running back, though, by the name of Devois. That's kind of sexy. It is kind of sexy. It sounds French, but the spelling... D-E-V-W-A-H. It's straight Arkansas. <laughs> would betray it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so he uh, is on the ground. He leads with 231 rushing yards on the season. Again, nothing really standing out. As a team, 350 yards, give or take, uh, average of total offense, and just 23.8 uh, TDs. Is that the, is that the, I think that's the average score per game this season. Yeah. Yeah. They haven't scored more than 17 points in their last three games. Uh, but no, I know. Right. But I will pat myself on the back because I'm prone to do that. Uh, the hogs were my hate of the week last week against Texas A&M. They came in as a 20 point dog and only lost by seven. And as a general reminder, they also outgamed the barn, even though it came up, they came up horribly short on the score end of that stick. Uh, so they may not be just as horrible as their record reflects, but they're still pretty horrible. The thing that really stands out is they're just awful in special teams. Um, so we could be in for a strong return game this week. Uh, if we have a single special teams player catch a ball this weekend, uh, somebody at Arkansas deserves to be fired. Exactly. And the other take, by the way, I as soon as we posted the pod last week, I felt like a total idiot because what I foresaw happening did but I didn't think of it in time, which is the story of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, we destroyed we destroyed AM. This is what we do, right? We right. a team plays us, they kind of hang in, and then the following week, uh, they play superior or, or inferior competition and somehow have moved down ten or twelve pegs uh in the pecking order. Realized it was gonna happen last week. Uh obviously did not put my money where my mouth is because then it would have worked out for me. Right. Uh, but anywho, something to keep in mind. I don't think A&M is that good, nor Arkansas that bad, but, uh, that's, that's that on sort of the preview. And now Gregory, we should move on to the thing we do best in life, which is hate solid, solid lineup of games this week. And we are here to help or hurt or to make you sell your house and move back in with your aunt. Who collects uh, collects essential oils? Nobody's anyway. but not that that's really any anybody we know or anything. No, no, Any- just just talking. <laughs> anyway, it's a toss up. So let's take a look. Starting with the LSU Cocho Bayou Bengals, three point faves against their SEC East rivals, the Florida Gators. Gregory, who you hating? All right, Florida was not exactly exciting last week. 
But they did pull off basically a touchdown win in Stark Vegas, and that sort of surprised me. Because, <clears throat> like I said, uh, Moo had that game circled because Mullen was coming to town, the Mullen Bowl. Uh, and so, despite all that, Florida pulled it off. Uh, a low-scoring matchup, you know, because Florida doesn't really score points. Uh, but I still think LSU's a paper tiger. Uh, they keep pulling off wins, so I don't know quite what to think of them. Um, I keep saying this, that, you know, I keep thinking they're they're not going to cover, they're not going to cover, and they keep covering. Uh, but I'm going to stick with the trend. I think Florida at home may expose the Tigers in Baton Rouge, and I will hate on LSU in my hate of the week. Of the week, of the week, of the week. That's a sexy pick, Gregory. I like that. I'm a sexy man. What about yourself? I can see what you just described playing out very easily. However, I'm going to take a hard left turn, and actually I'm going to say LSU blows out Florida. I think LSU, again, I, I agree with you that probably a paper tiger but right. that paper tiger has some time to grow before they are exposed uh, against Alabama this year. <laughs> so I think LSU wins this one big. I think it is the Florida section that empties out early because uh, Burroughs continues to be sort of a weird thing. Are we worried about him? Uh, no. No um, is the answer. I'm not, I'm not worried about him. I, I, he's serviceable. He's better than what they usually have. But to put him – in an elite category, I would have taken who they have last year, Danny Elting. I would have taken mm. Elting over Burroughs. Um, I think he's a better. I think he. I think he's a better passer. I think he had neither one of them have both of them are statues. They can't move. Uh, but I would have taken Danny Elting over this Burroughs kid. <laughs> Burroughs is getting the pub just because they're winning. I think you switched thing. some letters in Etling. Well, but, yes, the point is well taken. <laughs> Uh, agree with you. Now, I think Burroughs is fine. Uh, serviceable is a fair description. And you remember, actually, this is, I'm going to go out here. You remember who he reminds me of a little bit is one Kirk Cousins, who the 2012 Alabama defense welcomed to the Capital One Bowl. Oh, Do you remember that? That was 2010, I believe. I could be wrong. Yeah, you're, no, I think you're right. That was that the was three Kirk, last team. That yeah. was Kirk Cousins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so when he looked up and screamed, they're fucking everywhere with regard <laughs> yes. to our defense. Yes. And my favorite thing that ever happened in that game was, um, you know, at the end of that game, some one of, their, one of their players went up to Saban at the end of that Capital One Bowl and said, how did you guys lose three games? And Saban looked at him and said, how did you win ten? Oh. <laughs> God, it's just brutal. Uh, that was one of my favorite games ever. One of my favorite teams ever. Yeah, TV, yeah. That, that was honestly probably one of our best teams that just yeah. got, you know, that got, you know, Garcia and, you know, just there's a world of weird thing happened to that things happened to that team. But it was one of our best teams. In my yeah, anyway. I'm not going to say anything about the starting quarterback. Anyway, I'm okay. hating. Uh, I'm going to hate a Mullen Gator hard here. Fair enough. All right. Next up, the Mizzou Tigers travel to the University of South Carolina Gamecocks. The cock is favored by a point and a half just a point and a half who are you hating here Matsy? gregory despite what you've heard of me i hate a cock here really? hate a cock here so hard uh i think i think mizzou's decent i watched and or listened to their georgia game and granted it was in columbia which is like two-thirds of a stadium right now right. and hardly any type of it's it's about the home field advantage you see at like a Purdue or a Northwestern. 
but uh, I I don't think that matters much. I know they're going to Columbia to well uh, to Columbia's. How about that? Right. Uh, they are going to the South Carolinian Columbia. Uh, but I think Locke is a good quarterback. I think their defense is serviceable. They shut down uh, Georgia for yeah some of the game at least. Uh, so I am going to hate a cock here hard. Hmm. I am disappointed in the cock. I thought mm. it was going to be Boom's year to get over the hump in South Carolina. Uh, they have most of the pieces back from a very good year last year. Uh, but they just, I, I don't know, they haven't put it together. Uh, I'm not like a South Carolina expert, so I can't really tell you why. But here's the deal. You get three points for home field advantage. Uh, and it's a one-and-a-half-point spread. So the fellows out in the desert actually have Mizzou as the better team in this matchup. And as you mentioned, this is not a home field advantage. In addition to the stadium being a disaster uh, construction-wise, it's also not even an on-campus stadium. It's just like in the middle of town. So that's sort of weird in its own self. So I don't think Mizzou gets the fans of the cock excited enough to make up that three points. So I'm like you. I'm hating on the cock in an upset. Wow. Two cock haters here. Right, exactly. Uh, in the battle of the one true Columbia. All right, I like mm -hmm. it. Okay. Moving right along, my Nashville Commodores travel down to Athens, Georgia to play Kirby's Bulldogs, who are 27 and a half point, fa point faves. <sighs> Gregory, who are you hating? Man. It depends on which one of your doors show up. Uh, the doors went to South Bend and kept it respectable. I think they lost by 14. Uh, but then they also needed to come back last week uh, to win over Tennessee State. I think it's Tennessee State. It might be Tennessee Tech. It's something with a name at the end. It's Tennessee something. Anyway, uh, I haven't been blown away with UGA this year. Uh, you know, they've been in closer games in the first half than I think they should, should be. Uh, so I'm not really that impressed with them, but nevertheless, it's Vanderbilt, and I think it's still a 30-point game, so I'm going to hate on the doors. What about you? Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think Notre Dame is trash. I think Vandy is trash. I'm not convinced Georgia's not trash, but uh, surely they come out strong after the depressing showing they had last week. Uh, I think at home, they probably waltz through this. Maybe don't cover big, but probably win by 30, 35. Hating the door here. Fair enough. Um, next next game. This is the one that's kind of got me excited. Uh, Kentucky. The Kentucky Big Blue Nation is traveling to the home of the weirdos, College Station, Texas, to take on the Aggies. The Aggies are favored by six. Who are you hating here, pal? I'm glad you said that, Gregory, because I didn't want to admit, but this game has me excited as well. It'll be nice. Uh, to find out who is legit and who is not. I I think A&M is on the uptick, despite the fact that we broke them two weeks ago. You know, it's usually a one-week sort of downturn, and then the team bounces back to where everyone expected them to be, although not always the case, so they could come out weak. I think given the hype that Kentucky's receiving, A&M has to be really um, tuned up for this game. I think their defense and their mind back there. I think they've got a mind who's gonna do they who's do. gonna do things now. Uh, I am gonna hate the Wildcats, the Benny Snell Wildcats. Your boy, in fact, Benny uh -huh. Snell yeah. Wildcats in my hate of the week. Really, hate of the week. Hate of the hate week, of the right week. here. All right. Um, here's the thing. UK is undefeated. 
This is a weird-ass thing to say. And if they win this game, they're winning at least 11 games this year. Uh, as we that said, can't happen. I know, right? But as we said, Georgia really hasn't looked like a dominant team. So if they pulled that one off too, UK, the University of Kentucky in football, could run the table. Uh, no. But, yeah, but the College Station crowd will be rocking, as they do. And if I'm rocking, I mean that literally. That's what stadium actually moves. And I don't know that UK has ever seen an environment like that in the East. Uh, what I mean, what's the, 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 the worst, the, the biggest crowd you're going to get is Florida or Georgia. And neither one of those teams really get all that fired up for Kentucky. So I don't think they've ever experienced uh, College Station at its finest, and I suspect that they will this week. But as you said, uh, UK brings Benny Snell to the table. But A&M has been talking trash all week, saying, uh, I didn't even know Kentucky was ranked, and we don't have (laughs) trouble stopping the run. So whatever. Uh, I don't know how seriously they're taking Kentucky, but if they're sleeping on Kentucky, I think they're going to be in for a rude awakening. But nevertheless, I do think A&M pulls it out, but I don't think they cover the six. I am hating the weirdos in a field goal game. Mm, Good take. Good take, Gregory. All right, moving on to the final game before we get to the game. Uh, The Barn, who had some trouble, let's say, with (laughs) Arkansas last week. The lowly squealing piggies are four-point faves traveling to Cal Bell U in Starkville. Gregory, who you hate? They've had trouble with Arkansas. They've had trouble with Southern Mississippi. They have just not been impressing me. But here's the deal. I was all set to believe in Moo. Really, want, I mean, as much as it pains me, you know how I, hate, I feel about a Moo. Uh, but they went and laid an egg last week against Florida. And I don't really have a reason for it. They just got outplayed. Uh, but like I said, meanwhile, the barn is doing what the barn does when they have high expectations. They're the most overrated top 10 team in the country. Uh, they, you know, they have no offensive line. Stidham, look, our backup quarterback has more touchdown passes than Derek Stidham. Uh, so I'm not, you know, at the same time, they right now, I read today, they have through five games, they've allowed five touchdowns. So the defense, we knew they were going to be stout, but the offense cannot do a thing. Uh, so I wonder if Nick Fitzgerald is going to have to pull some magic out of his ass, uh, but I think he's good enough to score some points. Um, but nevertheless, um, uh, the barn is not a scoring machine like they're, we're, we're promoted to being. Uh, so this one feels like another snoozer. I'm not like a three to two snoozer, but a snoozer nonetheless. Mm. Uh, but unless the barn steps it up and lives up to expectations, they're in over their heads. Made in the barn. What about you? Ooh, I love that. Uh, listen, I want to start by saying if you're thinking about wagering on this game, looking at you, listener Fred. Turn off the podcast right now because I have no uh, sort of well-founded takes here. But a couple of thoughts. Auburn has proven year in and year out to be the most difficult team to predict for for national sports writers or local sports writers, really anyone. When they're picked to be horrendous, they beat the world. When they're picked to finish in the top five, they can't even hardly field a team and they've already suspended half the players. Uh, So... Your your point that they could be in over their head, I think, is a fine one. For me, personally, on a strictly emotional level, I can't allow myself to believe that they're this bad. I want to, 
I would be giddy and giggly to find out that indeed they are. But at this point in the season, I just can't accept that they are lose to this Mississippi State team bad. So I think Stidham gets it together. I think they show out to an extent with the receivers they have. I will say, I thought Carrion Johnson was fine in college, but having seen him in the pros and now having seen Auburn without him, uh-huh. grossly underestimated. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he yeah, he was a huge piece of really everything good they had going. Uh, so that said, I am going to hate Moo just because I have to believe Auburn is better than what we've seen. All right. Okay. All right. That's all we got. Uh, now (laughs) next up, next up, finally, and most importantly, your tide is a 35 point fave, according to the boys in the desert over these here piggies. Uh, before we had Gregory, we have lacked the trends lately because I haven't done anything productive toward <laughs> toward helping the uh, content here. But you have, and would you hit us up with some trends that the betting man should be aware of? Oh yeah, oh yes, I've got trends. I've got I've got so many trends. The total in this game has gone over. Well, not in this game. The total has gone over in five of Alabama's last six games. So that plays toward the over. Alabama is five and zero straight up in its last five games when playing on the road against Arkansas. So that's good. Alabama's 4-2 and two against the spread in its last six games when playing on the road against Arkansas. So not only do we beat them, uh, we cover. Arkansas is 3-7-1 and one against the spread in its last 11 games at home. Uh, the total has gone over in four of Arkansas's last six games when playing at home against Alabama. So the play seems to be tied and over the 60 and one half point total. But enough about that. Who you hate, pal? Ooh, Gregory, great trends. And these trends have played in significantly to my takes uh, because it circles back to what we said. The first half, we will cover whatever the point spread. I, I assume it'll be 20-ish or call it yeah. 18. Tide will cover that in the first half. I also think we will cover the over. Let's call that 30-ish because we're, what, finished with a 61 and a half, you said? So the move here, move here, tied at the half and over at the half. Overall, I think it'll be, uh, you know, a repeat of 90% of what we've seen this year. I think Tua will be excellent against a defense that is completely overwhelmed. I think, I, I, I actually do think, you know, traditionally, we've had to grind out some games against Arkansas. I think we start to see an identity formed with some running element. I don't know if it's going to be. We may go back to the Lane Kiffin jet sweeps and try to get the ball in Jalen Waddle's hands uh, as much as we can and that type of thing. Uh, spread them out a little bit so it may not be Josh Jacobs crashing up the middle early, but we may see that late. Uh, I think the offense has a heyday. I think the defense does what we have come to expect the defense to do probably continue that trend of being outscored in the fourth quarter. You saw that, right? I did. Well, it was a tie. It was a tie. But current fourth... point differential, I think is minus 11. Jesus. All right. In favor of our opponents in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So I think, you know, it'll be another first half blowout. Second half we'll dig around and, and probably win by, I'm going to give us, I'm going to, I'm going to hate a hog here. I'm going to put it at tied. 52 hogs 10. All right. 
Um, okay, as I said earlier, and I'm not terribly confident about this, but I don't think the Hogs are as horrible as their record reflects. Uh, the Tide wins, but I don't think it's the massive blowout that people expect to uh, might even get some time in the third quarter. Um, Ooh, I like Gregory. Yeah, I know, right? But Good I like your church. take. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> in so many ways, I need that. Uh, but like I said, uh, like you said, though, I do think you're right. I think that maybe we do see some jet sweeps or some some sort of, you know, plays or plays around the outside exposing uh, our speed against their slow. Uh, but, you know, I, I, maybe we will tune up the running game in this game uh, because they're not, their defense is good, but it's nothing to write home about. Uh, so my final score uh, is tied 45, Hog 14. I am hating uh, tied again. It's a 31-point mm. win, not a blowout. Um, but what a world we live in, guys, uh, when a 31-point game is not a blowout. Heroes, enjoy these days. They won't last forever. Uh, anyway, that'll do it for another episode of Houndstooth Heroes. Again, you can find us at houndstoothheroes.com and on Twitter at Heroes. As always, thank you to Bo and Elliot and everybody at Druid City Brewing Company in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, for always keeping us in the tastiest of suds when we're in town and you should do the same heroes take us home brother uh gregory enjoy these days indeed you've earned them y'all be good love you man roll tide all right love you